Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Water, and I'm here as always with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Fantastic, my friend. Excited for today's conversation because we are going to dive in to the mind of a Mr. Thomas Welling. <laughs> That's all you just lucky I didn't use your full name. All right. All right. So we're going to be looking and talking about a seven day fast. Mm. and why to do it, how to do it, what to do, what Tommy's going to be focusing on, and just kind of go through some of the highlights, some of the things, metrics that he's going to be tracking. And I love, because we went back and looked, when's the last time that we actually did a longer fast and then talked about it, right? And it was all the way back in 2021 when I did a six and a half day fast and Tommy so-called put me on the couch. So it wasn't my favorite (laughs) episode that we did but it was back in the 70s. I think it was episode 74, 75. I looked yesterday and now I can't remember where we did a deep dive into a longer fast, the who, what, when, where, and why. So that's what we're going to be doing today. First and foremost, I want to welcome everybody into the Fasting for Life podcast. If you're new, welcome. Thanks for giving us an opportunity to become part of your fasting regimen, your fasting lifestyle. We like to call it the fasting fam. So you're part of the family. Welcome. If you want to hear more about our journey and why we do what we do now, head back to episode one, give it a listen. For all of you OG listeners, you've been with us for a while. You've been coming in. You've We get a lot of, yes, I went back to the beginning and I've listened to all 200 and however many episodes, or I'm on episode 150 or 185. Right. Or So cool. We really, truly do appreciate you listening in and making us part of your fasting lifestyle. So if you like us, could also use a shout out, give us a subscribe, write in review. I know that's yes. the old terminology, right? I think it's now like a bookmark, a download. A, we love the reviews. Follow, we love it. I don't know. Follow whatever, whatever the terminology these crazy kids are using these days. Please, we do appreciate that as well. We love the five star kind because that tells the podcast world that we are bringing value to you each and every week. So Tommy, Sir. let's get into your seven day fast. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions here. We got a list of stuff we're going to go over. Okay. Why a seven day fast? And I'll just mention leading up to your 40th birthday. Yes. That's kind of a timely push. I think about a seven day fast as kind of a two times a year tool that I like to have in my tool belt. I just, I like the mental feeling of it. I like the physiological benefits. We can talk about cellular cleansing, autophagy, and and, and these kind of things. But from a mindset perspective, there's nothing really quite like it because the mental bandwidth that frees up when basically there's just no food making decisions for an extended period like that. There are areas of focus that kind of open up within your mental processes that don't come about when the next food making decision is, you know, just feels like hours away or maybe it maybe it's even tomorrow but still there's like this pull towards thinking about food just cuz i mean it's it's so important right and enjoyable but going the opposite way to kind of abstain from that 
for, you know, a multi-day period is just, it's really cool. It's really freeing mentally. So why did you ultimately make the decision to do it now this time of year? Because it's been since, I want to say like spring of last year, late since spring of 2023. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I definitely wanted to, you know, hitting a decade mark, I guess, for for my birthday was was kind of like, you know what, I'd, I'd really like to sharpen all of the tools that I use going mm -hmm. into into that. Like, I don't like New Year's resolutions. I set them for years and years, decades, actually. Um, <laughs> don't lie, right? Yeah, with, with very, very low success rate. Not that I didn't put in the effort, but just just to, to look back significantly into the year, like how many of them stuck. And it was mm -hmm. it's a very low percentage. But things have been very different since living consistent fasting lifestyle over the last few years. So it's, it's very different. I have a different framework to bring in new positive habits. And then if I find something that's just not serving me or there's a better way that I want to do it, that I can, I can swap those out much more easily than I used to be able to. Yep. So I wanted to take all the tools in my tool belt and kind of sharpen them up leading up to, the, to my 40th birthday. Cool. So I love that perspective. My wife always says, you know, the thing you do on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day is 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 the energy you're going to bring with you is like that. Yes. The things you do, you set the intention for the rest of the year. Mm. So I love talking in decades for weight loss as well. So just for perspective, if you're new or if you've forgotten or you get confused whose voice is who, um, <laughs> Tommy's lost. I believe 75 to 80 pounds over the last uh, the majority of that weight loss was over the first what 12 to 18 months. Yeah. The majority of it, right? Mm -hmm. And been able to keep it off and slowly tick down the decades, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Now it's not a weight loss goal. We'll talk a lot about what are the goals for when you get closer to maintenance or living a fasting lifestyle, body composition, et cetera. We'll get into a bunch of those different things. Mm -hmm. But the fact that this longer fast, I want to juxtapose it in terms of a long-term sustainable strategy, right? So yeah. we hear this a lot and I'll briefly mention my most recent attempt at a seven-day fast okay, and why I joined you a day late on this one, <laughs> right? That's a great little process to kind of dive into. Yeah, just to talk briefly about because it's a, like, why do it? Like, what's the intention behind it? So you just explained your intention. A lot of people, we hear this often inside of our Facebook community, inside of our coaching group, inside of emails and texts and all the messages we get mm -hmm. is, man, I've done a lot of longer fasts, right? Or I've attempted to do longer fasts. Now we could do the Angus Barbieri method mm -hmm. and you could fast for 380 something days longest and lose 270, fast, right? longest recorded fast, medically supervised and lose 272 pounds, which mathematically makes sense based on the information that we have of that fast. Mm -hmm. And he then was able to extend his life because he was clinically ill, like really, oh, yeah. really ill, right? So he did it and he was able to maintain it. We don't have a lot of data on you know, how many years and what his post-fast life looked like, but we know that he was able to sustain it, which for most people, that rock bottom of, hey, you're dying, you need to do something, isn't the motivating factor to do a seven-day fast. Right. Or an unended long fast. Yeah. Right? Open-ended fast. Yeah, for sure. Open-ended open fast, fast, right? I hate those, yeah. Yeah, that's not sustainable, right? That's just not part of the equation. So when we look at the concept of, oh, I'll do rolling 48s, okay. I'll do 72s until the cows come home, until I reach <laughs> until my goal. Weight off. Yeah. That really, especially if you're thinking about doing a longer fast, right? If you're new to fasting in the beginning or it's your first or second time attempting it, it may not be the right time or you may not have the right mindset to start. And for me, alluding to the most recent failed seven day, it's easier to stop 
earlier than planned because mm. of external life stuff. Sure. So if it wasn't for the group of guys that I was doing the fast with last time, I would have quit my seven day fast probably in the first 36 hours. Wow. And it was not great and it wasn't an enjoyable experience. So the juice has to be worth the squeeze, but you have to have the right intention. So when I asked you, hey, why are you doing this? It's not for the scale. Oh yeah, 100%. It's not for weight loss, right? But making sure that you're really clear on the intention is why I love that you were just like, hey, I'm doing a seven day fast for my fourth decade of life. I'm like, that's <laughs> freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if, if you think back at, at something like, okay, so you called it a failed seven day fast, but really it was a six and a half day fast right mm -hmm. but it was just which is a successful seven. six and a half day i mean fast, that's yeah. that's a huge success like let's right. let's start there first it didn't of all. feel that way sure i'm sure it probably didn't especially if you if you felt like you would have hit the rip cord you know yep. at, at hour number 36 or so you know because there's a lot of things that are that are happening physiologically you're, you're metabolically transitioning but you're, you're also in the earlier stages like the first couple of days you have a lot more recency bias towards food as well depending on what your recent food making decisions have been and things like that and so right. i feel like your food choices leading up to a longer fast are vital because they're they're definitely going to affect the outcome the probability of a successful outcome for sure absolutely so when we look at the starting point, right, in this longer fasting strategy, we are leaving out the most important part of fasting, not the most important part, but the thing that drives results in either making a fast more doable, less doable mm -hmm. in terms of sticking to it, cravings, hunger, et cetera. Like, cause you mentioned the thing leading up to the thing, like <laughs> we're going to do a fast. So our food decisions matter and make it easier or harder on us. Yeah alcohol, carbohydrates, sweets, late night eating, all of those life things, right? So when you do these longer fasts, the Angus Barbieri method removes all of the food decisions. So you're literally avoiding, if you've got 50 pounds to lose, you're avoiding the thing that got you into this place in the first place. Mm, yeah. You didn't just happen to gain 50 pounds. It's the decisions you make. Yeah, it takes time. Right. In terms of the food relationships, the type of food, the failed or, or successful weight loss attempts or dieting mindset that you have. So we don't want to be going into a longer fast, you know, feeling deprived or that I'm just avoiding the thing that I know I need to handle. Mm -hmm. Right. So I know in the beginning when I was doing longer fasting, it was like, oh, my goodness, like I cannot wait to eat. Yeah. Like, I just can't wait to break my fast. And that was not, you know, that didn't happen many times, but doing 24, 48, 72, you know, hour fast, that decision-making process is incredibly important when you break your longer fasts as well. Yeah. And I, I still haven't put a lot of thought into how I'm going to break this fast. I know what mm -hmm. day it's going to be on. It'll be the day before my birthday. So the thing about it is- uh, You're not gonna so break I'll, it with, with a beer and a piece of cake, right? I'm I can not, tell you that. A, a thousand percent, I'm not. Not that I, I haven't done something close to that at some point, but right. regretted the heck out of it. Yeah, so I think my first longer fast, like a five or seven day fast, I actually broke it at a Mexican restaurant here like for a date night and I was miserable and I didn't, I didn't go crazy with it or anything else like that. But yeah, learn from, learn from my mistake. Don't do that for sure. 
So I'll, I'll put some thought into it, but I'm really not worried about thinking about it's not going to take me very long to kind of put, you know, to, to kind of put a plan together. So I don't need to be thinking about it right now. Right now, it's, it's about what's opening up, what feels different, not what do I need to plan for only afterwards. I'm in the middle of the doing right now. So as we're recording this, I'm about 40 hours, you know, into this fast. And, you know, so I, I didn't start it off ideally. It was coming off of a date night. We had some sushi. I had one drink. And then dinner ended a little later than I would have typically liked, but there just wasn't really any controlling some of those variables. And I didn't feel great going in, uh, like waking up the next day, a bit more lethargic. My workout suffered. I had some nausea because I just didn't have enough time to like process through all of that food from, from earlier. And I didn't make a whole lot of different choices. I just, I just stuck mostly to, you know, fish and rice pretty much. And like I said, just had one drink. It, it was a relatively small one. And then, but I, I cut that off pretty early into the date night so that I could have plenty of water and I had some extra salt that night too. So I did a couple of things to try to mitigate some of the frustration that I, I thought might be around the corner coming into the next day. But then most of the rest of the day, I focused on good hydration. I had a couple of element packets. I had some decaf coffee, a little bit of extra Himalayan salt. And I didn't really feel too much, you know, kind of frustration. I didn't have to go through too much of like a, a metabolic, like keto flu. I didn't feel too much of the, the kind of keto flu symptoms that you might hear about sometimes. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He's our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing and the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors, and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money, and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code FASTING4LIFE. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. 
And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. So let's talk about benefits and then we'll talk about some of the things that you are tracking and some of the things and metrics that you're going to be looking at. Because one of the things for my decision, because we had spoken, you were already into your you know, first full day of fasting and you're like, so you're doing this with me or not? Because I originally <laughs> raised my hand being like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But then I had yeah. some recency bias to the most recent fast and the life's going to life stuff, the stressor mm -hmm. stuff on the outside has not changed. It's increased. Sure. So I was like, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to do it. And then I was like, wait a minute, what can I control? Like, I can't control all the external stuff, so what can I control? Mm. Well, I can control what I do on a daily basis, especially when it comes to food. Yeah. And I've been doing mostly a TMAD or an OMAD strategy recently, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is the simplest solution. Let me simplify life right now by adding this in. So I'm like, no, duh. The first night I was like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> and then I was like, well, wait a minute, I think I should do it. And then here are all the additional benefits that you can get. And then we'll dive in specifically to what you're going to be looking at and some things that you've made, choices you've made this time around that mm -hmm. you've done differently at this point in your fasting journey, weight loss journey, health journey, et cetera. So can I pause you for one please? Second? Food as a comforting thought, it's always going to be there. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean oh. it's the end of that thought process. Go ahead. You asked me the question, right? Yeah. Was food going to be helpful? Was food, were meals going to help with those outside stressors over the next seven days, right? No. That was basically the question? No, and they're not because the entire downstairs of our home is covered in dust and it's being involuntarily remodeled due to a water issue. So mm. no, it's not. It's not going to make it better. Yeah. It's absolutely going to make it worse. And it's not like I'm eating <laughs> junk, right? I'm eating meat and carnivore-based stuff. So it's like, but cooking right now is difficult. So like last night for the kids, it was canned chicken. <laughs> on a plate with some fruit and some, you know, avocado oil, siete chips. And they loved it. Nice. Simple. Mom made a smoothie. Dad didn't need to take out the pan to frost the meat. Get, you know, like we're not cooking fajitas at home right now in the kitchen. Because <laughs> everything's covered in dust. Yeah. So, right? so the simplification is actually a good thing, even though it didn't strike you in the moment as just like, you know what? Yeah, this seems like the perfect time no. for a seven day fast. That definitely wasn't a thought that, that I saw on your face. Right, right. It was a great question. Cheeky as it was. So here's the benefits as we go through. So at 12 hours, blood sugar, glycogen stores are going to be coming down, possibly entering into that state of ketosis where we're going to transition into fat burning 13 to 15 hours. Your growth hormone is increasing which is protecting your lean muscle tissue. It's not growing lean muscle tissue, but it's protecting it. Mm -hmm. You've got some autophagy starting, which is some cellular growth and detoxification. Once you get to this magic hour of 17 or 18 hours, that growth hormone really, really elevates and the autophagy really ramps up. And at this point, for most people, depending on your food choices in the last 24 hours, you're going to be approaching that glycogen depletion because we store about 24 hours of short-term energy, either in our smooth muscle, our blood, or our liver. So we want to get through that glycogen. And then at that 24-hour mark, now we're starting to really see some cool things about breaking down proteins, misfolded proteins that are linked to Alzheimer's, which is type 3 diabetes. Mm. It's a metabolic issue. It's not a plaque issue. 
We've got intestinal stem cells that are starting to regenerate at that 24-hour mark. We've got BDNF, which is brain-derived nootropic factor, which is like a brain growth factor, which is increasing. Serotonin's increasing. Inflammation is decreasing or C-reactive protein at this point. And this is at the point where, you know, so you had date night, woke up the next morning being like, okay, I knew this was going to happen, but use the hydration and stuff to push through it, not your first yeah. rodeo. Right. <laughs> but this morning, right? So now you're between the 24 and 36 hour mark. I mean, mm -hmm. that second morning, like that's where that, like you've got your shield on the energy, the euphoria, <laughs> the brain fog, like all of that stuff like yeah. goes away. You know what? And I'm glad you just brought that up because what I didn't mention yet, but I kind of forgotten, I hit a wall at, let's see what, what hour mark? I mean, it was, it was around the 24 hour mark. It was, it was probably right around 23, 24 hours. And it was like, it wasn't very late into the evening just yet. So yeah, it was a little shy of 24 hours. And I mean, I was like, man, I'm hitting a wall. Like the feeling like I'm feeling that, that kind of the keto fluey just for the energy wise. Like I didn't yep. really want to get up and do anything for about probably 45 minutes, maybe an hour where it was like, okay, it's not that late into the evening right now, but man, I got, I'm, I feel zapped right now. But you did not go to coffee, correct? No, 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 no. I didn't. I chilled out. I just kind of propped myself up. I laid down for about 30, 40 minutes or so. And it wasn't that easy to kind of get out of that position, you know, but mm -hmm. after a little while, it was like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better now for sure. But I hadn't really felt that way in a while. And, and that's one of the things about going into a, a, a fast or trying to like rip the bandaid off, if you will, and like look for the next burn day, the next day where I'm just going to abstain from eating. But the, the problem is if my choices aren't so great before I do that, it's just, it makes it that much harder. And then when you're up against that tough decision point or temptation, or I'm just not feeling great, if you're not mentally prepared for it, if you're not really committed to what you you said you were going to do on the front end, it would have been pretty easy to kind of break that at that point. Like, well, let me just go grab a little something. I know the salt's going to help. I'll probably feel a little bit better bringing in, you know, a few carbs or maybe even if it was like a keto snack, something would have helped pick me up in that moment. So what took me 45 minutes of, of lying down or at least sitting down for a while may have only taken five minutes if I had brought in some food, like for a short term hit. And that may have been tempting if I wasn't really strongly mentally committed to this. And that's that 24 to 36 hour kind of magic. And that's mm -hmm. different for everybody. Depends on when you start, food choices, et cetera. But then at the 36 hour mark, GAB is increased, resulting in a calm, right? Insulin resistance is reversing. Your body is now into ketosis, right? We'll talk mm -hmm. about some of the metrics you're going to be looking at and some of the variability and things that you've seen and in terms of blood sugar and ketones, you know, because you are wearing a CGM, right? A NutriSense throughout Correct. this process as well. And this is the first time you've done a longer fast with one. Yes. Okay. So I want to give a shout out to NutriSense here before we continue on with the benefits and kind of going through the hour chart. We partnered with NutriSense, you know, in the spring of 2023, as it was really a needle mover for me personally on my health, weight loss, and fasting journey. And it's been incredible. And then I'll have you just kind of share, Tommy, what you know what you're going to be looking for in terms of it. Okay. But if you're unfamiliar, NutriSense is a cutting edge tech plus human expertise. So it allows you to see your responses to different foods, exercise, stress, and sleep in real time. It's one of those CGMs. So it's a continued glucose monitor that you put on the back of your arms, completely painless. And then it combines with their incredible app, which this go around for me, I've been like, whoa, look at all these 
like additional benefits and you can choose your glucose range and what you're working on. Never mind, you get expert yeah. dietitian guidance as well. So it can really help reach your, your health goals. So it's a program and a biosensor and a visual and expert dietitian guidance. And it really allows you to see you know, your response to certain things. And in this case, for this week, Tommy, you're not going to be looking at your response to food. Right. But you may have been looking at in the past your response to coffee, right? So mm. application, again, super simple. You scan it, boom, your data comes right up in front of you. You've got someone to rely on there in that expert dietitian guidance. And seeing the data in real time makes it super easy to identify what you're doing well and where there's room for improvement. So weight loss, stable energy, better sleep, which foods or things like health-related things like working out and plunging and all that stuff, what they're doing to your blood sugar, and then ultimately how you're feeling in the moment is really key. So what are a couple of things you're going to be looking for this week and kind of going through your fast? Yeah, I'm very familiar with what my blood sugar has been doing the last couple of weeks that I've been wearing it. And so I kind of know what that range looks like. So I want to see how the range is kind of affected and what my average changes to and, and what it kind of shows me over the seven days without having the ingestion of, of food and calories and a, and a required insulin response. Because even if you're eating very low carb or you're eating keto, you're still going to have a change in your blood sugar. Blood sugar fluctuations are normal. So I mm -hmm. want to see how wide or narrow that range kind of gets. And then also, I've just recently like very intentionally kind of like just cut down almost all the way on caffeine. I did have one day last week where I had substantial caffeine. I was in a coffee shop for a few hours and we had some, you know, a couple of cups of coffee. But other than that, it's been, you know, basically zero for most of the other days. So I did that to kind of clean up the data a little bit so that those like cortisol spikes and potential blood sugar rebound effect wouldn't be like muddying up the waters. So I'm interested to see because I'll, I'll probably bring in a cup of coffee or two during this seven day fast after blood sugar is like, you know, it should be tighter. It should be within a tighter range. Yeah, cleaned up. Yeah. yeah. See if it gives me a response with so, like a black coffee. So what I'm hearing there is getting a baseline, removing some of the metrics and actually seeing how your body responds on a cellular physiological circadian based kind of thing. You're, there's Correct. no food to be ingesting. So you're not looking at the food response, but you're looking at the lifestyle response, the sleep, the stress, the workouts, the sauna, the cold plunge, the walks, the yep. all of those types of things. So that's really cool. So I'd say that's more of an advanced application. But the cool For thing sure. is, is in the beginning, this will literally open your eyes to so many cool things that you didn't know, good or bad, that you were doing for your weight loss and health journey. So head to the show yes. notes, click the link, Nutrisense.io forward slash fasting for life. You get 30 bucks off in one month of free dietitian support. So Tommy, as we keep going up this timeline of benefits of why or what you do when you get into these longer fasting periods, you had mentioned earlier that it's a couple, you know, twice a year thing for you, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when we're looking at you know, autophagy, cellular regeneration. Walter mm -hmm. Longo mentions, you know, things like really clearing out the system and allowing your body to prevent future issues with blood sugar, metabolism, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at this and we're looking at this timeline chart, when we get past that 48 hours mark, your growth hormone level has really peaked, right? It's up to five times as high as when you started your fast. You're really working now in that 48 to 56 to 72 hour Mark, where you're going to be increasing your insulin sensitivity, which is the effectiveness of your current insulin mm -hmm. and the efficiency of your insulin production. Yeah. And this is really like cleaning up, like going to get an oil change. Like you're 
cleaning out the pipes. You are you are really allowing your body to function in an ideal state. And then at that 72-hour mm-hmm. mark is where we start to see some of the Walter Longo stuff taking effect from that three to five-day mark, where you're going to be getting your immune cells and generating new immune function and immune cells through your body's regenerative property. Yeah. And also white blood cell repair and your IGF-1 will decrease, which is something that we, we love to see. Wow. One of my favorite parts about all of that and kind of like leaning into that timeline of the benefits is just the fact that I like to think about it like we don't think about food affecting every cell in the body. You know, we, we bring in food several times a day for most of us, most, most days. If you're living a fasting lifestyle, hey, maybe it's just once during a day. And hey, maybe if you've, if you've done some longer fast, then you may have gone a full day without bringing in something. But the important thing to remember is that when we ingest food, calories, have an insulin response, we're affecting every cell in the body. So that means every cell has something to do. It might not be directly related to food digestion or food processing, but they're all sitting in the same environment, the same ecosystem that is affected by the blood sugar change and the insulin response as well. So they have new jobs to do. So there's a lot of cool things that happen under the surface that can only happen when we are not changing insulin levels, when insulin gets very low and when we're not bringing in new energy to actually process and figure out where it needs to go and then effectively energizing the cells with new external sources of energy. So this can only happen when we take a pause from this. And there are some benefits that don't happen until that pause gets longer and into the multi-day period. And so again, that's why this is really not optimal for weight loss. I expect some changes on the scale, but I, I also expect most of those changes to revert back fairly quickly, whether by conscious design or not, it doesn't really matter. But most of what's happening physiologically, especially after two or three days, is really suboptimal as far as fat burning is concerned. There are a lot of other benefits that I can only get there you know, once I, I hit a few days. So that's a really good point. And I want to go into some of the things you're going to be doing and looking at, and then we'll mm-hmm. report back in a part two follow-up. But we talked about the benefits, autophagy, et cetera. So when we talk about weight loss, right, the longer fasts are not ideal. You just said that. And I think it was kind of buried in there. I want to make sure it's really clear. Okay. So in my own experience, and there's something, you know, glycogen stores and regain that take place 40 to 60% on average. So let's say you lose, you know, 10 pounds during a a seven day fast, you would expect four to six of that to come right back. Right. So the other thing you'll notice is that if you're tracking your weight throughout the fast, for me personally, on day four and five, and then once on day three, the scale. Now, if you have 100 pounds to lose and it's the first time you're doing a longer fast, then you're most likely going to see the scale decrease every single day. Mm, good point. Yeah. But as you get into more closer to maintenance, more ideal body composition, you're going to see where the body says, okay, I'm going to go into deeper levels of ketosis, but I'm no longer going to be moving the needle with the scale. For me, I'm typically on day four or five, the scale stops moving. Mm. It actually went up <laughs> on the last weird. day of a seven-day fast. And people are like, well, wait a minute. So the intention, again, is not to do a seven-day fast to lose weight. It's And if we would have pushed through and gone from 10 days to 14 days, yes, like Angus Barbieri, the scale would continue to move. Sure. But there's a point where ketosis moves from ideal weight loss into deeper levels of therapeutic ketosis, where you're no longer, the body's no longer just going to be going, all right, let's just burn all this fat cells. Right. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy how that how that happens. And it can be counterintuitive too, especially because we know a lot of people who kind of stumbled into fasting, sometimes for religious purposes, or sometimes, you know, with some sort of medical supervision, but not a whole lot of guidance as far as the ins and outs and the the, the specifics of how the fast was going to go. And then it's kind of like, yeah, well, I, I, I did that and I saw the scale move, but then it just went right back. So I don't think this is for me. I don't think fasting is for me. You know, things like that, where it's like, no, no, Even no. people that have done OMAD, right? They're like, oh, I'm doing yeah. OMAD, but I, I broke my fast last night. The scale went up two pounds. Well, yeah, because you just ate. Sure. Like, of course, it's going to go up. Like that fluctuation is normal. So I just want to make sure that's clear in terms of the weight loss and the scale. And just, you know, keep an eye on if that's something you're doing. But I know, Tommy, that's not your main focus here. So what are the things that you, what are the things you're going to be doing and what are the things you're going to be tracking during these seven days? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a couple of things. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, like a brief five to 10 minute journal each night. And I'm not a big journaler, as I've said uh, you know, before. Journal this. Yeah, but, but just taking a couple of like checkpoints that I can look back at and kind of see them each day of the fast. So like, were there any kind of external issues that I had to deal with or like food reminders or cravings or, or opportunities? Because these are things that can be, that can make it tough or can make it seem easier to to shorten a fast that I plan to do. Like, oh, all this outside life stuff kind of came up and it kind of derailed me. So it must not be the right time. So I kind of wanted to just track that because I'm I'm a thousand percent committed to this fast. So I'm not worried about the temptation of of dropping off early. Right. Not to say that I've I've never had a false start on a longer fast before. I definitely have, but I, I just kind of wanted to track that tracking how much sodium I'm actually bringing in. So writing that down because that's an important factor. Taking a look at my actual recovery from my whoop to see how my sleep was and what my percentage of recovery was each day. See how I felt during my workouts and if weight went up or weight went down. Taking a look at my sauna and cold plunging just to see if there's any any trends there mm-hmm. or did I feel any different than normal. I'm also using my keto mojo as well. <clears throat> Excuse me, keto mojo to track ketones and get a blood sugar response. Usually like a midday. I'm going to take a look at my ketones, see if I, I love a midday more. ketone reading. Yeah. So frustrating the first longer fast couple of five day fasts that I did mm-hmm. because my body would kick out. I'd be out of ketosis mid afternoon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, What's what in the world? Like back in the day before I knew, like, it was like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah. So I love your application of, you know, kind of what you're going to be tracking and looking at. And what are the things you're going to be doing? So as far as doing uh, is concerned, so I, I'm, I'm doing, I have a, a daily kind of workout, cold plunge, sauna routine. Yep. Um, I hit that most days during the week. I'm also looking to, I don't want to like over-engineer everything, but like I said, over the last few weeks, I've been working on sharpening up some of the tools that I use. So tightening up my sleep a little bit. So those things, I didn't want everything to just be because of the seven-day fast. I wanted to make some priming good choices and tweaks before I got into the seven-day fast because I didn't want it to feel like New Year's resolution. Okay, all of a sudden, everything just changed all at once. And because the seven-day fast is going to come and go. Like a few days from now, I'm not going to be on this fast. I'll be back to making more food-related decisions. And I didn't want everything to feel like, okay, now that the fast is over, those new habits are also done as well. I wanted to completely avoid that mental black and white on-off transition. So um, if that makes sense. It does. I love that perspective too, because at this point in the conversation, some people are going, okay, so seven day fast. Yep. Not, not for me. Like, and some people are going, okay, I kind of like where this is at, right? No matter where you fall on that scale, I love the intentionality of it. And so I'm going to be getting a DEXA scan here coming up and it had been on the docket to do for a while. Right. And it was important, but not urgent. So I kept being like, all right, I got to get it done, right? I got to get it done. So my wife just scheduled the dang thing for me. And it was like, because she's getting one done too. That's cool. 
And I was like, oh, thank you for doing that. Because what I'm not going to do is do anything differently to change the result of what I've been working on in terms of my visceral fat, mm -hmm. right? In the next week. Yeah, you're not trying it's to like, optimize the results. Of right. The it's like when you go into the dentist yeah. and you start flossing a week before. Yeah. No, <laughs> they, right? They can tell. Yeah. They, can, they know, right? When they ask you, they already know the answer. Okay. <laughs> so it, I love that this fast is not, you're going to be looking at the data and you're not going to be doing things to try to alter it, right? It's like, this is my routine. This is the stuff I'm doing now. And I'm a thousand percent, you know, in, like I am in no matter what life looks like on the outside, I'm committed. Yeah, Because you guys know, if you start a fast, I'll do a 72-hour fast. Is your heart really in that decision? Yeah, or was it kind Did of you take a moment, right? Did you take a moment to think through it and be like, okay, what do my next three days look like? Is this the right time? So if you're in the camp of, yep, it's the right time, but I'm going to do less of the advanced tracking, great. Or if you're in the camp of, wow, I really like some of this advanced tracking and you want some help, let us know. Yeah. But any fast should have some intentionality and some planning in, why am I doing it? Mm. Am I really in it to win it? And what's it look like when the juice may not be worth the squeeze? Wow. Or when I'm, when I'm breaking my fast. So if you're looking for some more guidance in between the one to seven days, you can head to the show notes. You can click the link. We have a blueprint to fasting for fat loss. Now, this has been an incredible thousands, ten, almost 10,000 people have downloaded this over the past year. Mm -hmm. And the feedback's been incredible. It's a 20 page PDF. It has different fasting schedules, the who, what, when, where, and why, some of the science behind it, some of the reasons why we feel fasting is such a powerful tool. But it also gives you some different fasting schedules that you can use to ramp up if you're like seven days yet. Nope, not yet. Not me. Totally get it. <laughs> totally fine. Okay. Yeah. So head to the show notes, click the link, blueprint to fasting for fat loss, totally free. We'll send it over to your inbox. And Tommy, as we wrap up today, one final thought for everybody listening, because we're going to do a part two on this, right? We're going to check in, mm -hmm. we're going to see how it went, have some, some look back and some perspective on how it went and the things you did and what you would do differently next time. So we're going to do that in a future sure. episode. Yeah. But as you're doing a seven-day fast to honor your fourth decade of life, what's the final, final action step or final thought you want to, uh, mm -hmm. to leave the people with today? I think it's, it's just the you're not now muscle. I think being able to say, you know what, I'm fasting right now, or I would rather be fasting right now than to ingest more food right now. Whether you have weight to lose or not, there is a decision that then brings about a compartmentalization of the, am I eating or am I not eating right now in this moment that I feel like when you do something like a more extended fast, one of the big benefits is coming off of that, your no muscle or your not now muscle is, is like at a high at a high peak tone at that point, because it's kind of like I've been deflecting things or, you know, invitations, opportunities, or just smells, food truck Fridays, whatever it might be. They're kind of everywhere. I'm not isolating myself during these seven days. I'm not going to a mountaintop. I'm not, you know, alone, you know, in a basement somewhere, just watching the clock or something like that. So I'm going to go about things as usual. But that means I come off of that with, with kind of a different perspective, a different, like less urgency, I think, and less, maybe less fear of FOMO of like fear of the fear of missing out when I kind of come off of the fast. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I, I definitely want to talk more about that when we get into this next time. Absolutely. I'm excited, man. Thank you for pushing me. So on your birthday, I will be fasting to make up for the first 24 hours of wishy-washy, <laughs> not sure if my right now, no, not now muscle is strong enough. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate you, sir. It's been too That's long awesome. since we've done one of these. It's going to be a lot of fun. Head to the show notes, grab the blueprint. Got questions about NutriSense, let us know. Been an incredible partner for us and so many people since we partnered with them earlier in yeah. 2023. 
As always, set those Tommy's set those timers, Tommy. Um, that was a mouthful, a tongue twister. I already, set mine. I already did. And uh, right, you don't even have to, right? It's uh, just the one. so many days from now. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Cool. Thanks. Bye. So you've heard today's episode, and you may be wondering where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter, where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.